Welcome to episode 28 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to get voice to your inner geek. We're back again. Did you miss us? Did you miss us? We're back from hiatus, just so we can go on hiatus again. <laughs> I don't see anybody in the Google Hangout, so I guess they didn't miss us. Oh, man. Did we not tell you guys we were doing that? <laughs> Oh, it is true. Uh, we were uh, obviously we did not record this last time, but we gave you plenty of content. Hopefully, you enjoyed that. And of course, the next time we would record would be Gen Con week, and we will be out at Gen Con. We will be doing some recording as we can, but we will not be recording a full episode and putting it out. But I do have three interviews lined up that I've already had and am in the editing process, so we will release those over Gen Con week. We have uh, contests that we have to get winners for at some point. Actually, we can do... Since they ended quite some time ago. Uh, We can actually uh, do... You know what? Before we even get into that, let's let's get into one of the reasons why we haven't picked winner or uh, the the audio winner yet. Uh, How was your vacation? Awesome. Yeah. So Jordan was out for a week, too, and and, uh, rejuvenated. I refreshed don't go that far. Refreshed. Refreshed is refreshed, good. Refreshed, rejuvenated, came back. He was whistling, skipping. There was skipping. It was crazy. I washed that gray right out of my hair. <laughs> so he was on vacation for a week. Must have been nice. <laughs> so we suck it. <laughs> so uh we've still got some uh audio entries for the cards against humanity that I need to run past Jordan, so we don't have a winner for that one. But I think we were pretty much in agreement who won the Twitter only one. Yes. Anybody that wasn't Brian. (laughs) (laughs) No, Brian, uh, you won our, our Twitter only contest. So you will have your choice of monolith, shadow days, for the win, fleet or glory to Rome. Ave Caesar. There you go. Not only, I mean, you didn't go every day. But we let that slide. That There's, took you out of the running. There were two other posts, but you you dropped a couple days, so I was seriously looking at those two other posts there for a bit. But uh. but never underestimate the power of sucking up because Jordan gave you extra points for actually wishing us a happy anniversary. Yes. So uh, I think that puts you over the end, and you are our winner. Congrats, Brian. And Mm -hmm. hey, look at that. You've been mentioned again in a podcast. You are the uh, listener that shall be named. (laughs) So we will uh, get back to the Cards Against Humanity one once we've uh, listened to all those and chosen our winner from that one. And apparently our listeners are not spellers. (laughs) (laughs) Because we did not get an entry for the spelling for the wordsmith. So we'll have to run that again and Figure out something no, else. No, they had their chance. <laughs> Nothing. Well, sometime in the future. Uh, or maybe we'll just bring them to Gen Con. Yes. <laughs> so you must you, play it. Can you spell Gen Con? <laughs> you can have a copy. <laughs> so apparently that's about, that's about the right level for our show. Somebody not willing to put in any work on words. <laughs> I don't think you can spell Gen Con in that deck. <laughs> Probably not. Maybe with a K. Let's see, a couple of other things I wanted to talk about before we uh, get into the show proper. 
One I keep forgetting to talk about, but I think I need to. Kinkabaloba. Uh, <laughs> Shut it. <laughs> the RSS feed changes. Uh, I've posted it on Facebook and Twitter, and we have a page on the website dedicated to it. But for those that don't visit any of those places, shame on you. <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> well, they are listening to us. <laughs> yeah. You are so horrible to I know. Well, I've heard worse from <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> I've I've been shamed on a podcast before for no apparent reason, and then which turned to anger. Jason, <laughs> I've made some changes to our RSS feeds. I'm no longer using FeedBurner. I've gotten away from that. So if you are subscribed through FeedBurner, yes, you are still hearing this because I did a permanent redirect, but. If you would visit the website and check out what the actual feed is, that would be your best bet just in case FeedBurner ever does something and says, screw it, I'm not permanently redirecting your crap anymore, which is within their right, I guess, since I'm not using them anymore. But on the plus side, depending on how you personally like to enjoy all us geeks, there's a... Way way too open, (laughs) way too open... There's an all audio feed, which is pretty much what you're listening to if you're through FeedBurner or on iTunes right now. But we've also done main only, where you just get the main episodes and the special editions and stuff like that. So that will not include geek news and it will not include the game of crowdfunding stuff. You can sign up for just geek news or you can sign up for just the game of crowdfunding. All of those have their own RSS feeds or you can pick up the all audio one, which will give you all of this stuff. So those are all listed on our website right on the front page on the sidebar. You can find them all or you can uh, check out the minor explanation of why we're getting away from FeedBurner. And I put them all in that post as well. But uh, stop using FeedBurner, please. Real quick to the September pledge drive. I've gotten a few questions about that. Yes, we are doing it. Yes, we are doing it. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Yes, Jordan was practicing last. <laughs> he's, he's our pledge drive manager. This is why we don't do chapters. So you can't <laughs> skip by it. One of the biggest questions I think I've gotten is why aren't we doing it through Kickstarter? Which valid since we talk about Kickstarter quite a bit. Did you just not listen to our two previous segments? <laughs> oh, maybe they haven't, yeah, depending on how you put this together. <laughs> the biggest reason, we're not going to be looking for a massive amount of money, so maybe we would be fine for Kickstarter, but the biggest reason we're not doing Kickstarter is because actually what we have planned is against Kickstarter rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot raise money for a cause, and we don't want our pledge drive to be just about us. Yes, we are hoping to cover costs to keep us running for the next year, but anything above and beyond that, uh, we're going to split with a charity. And right now, I'm leaning towards the Ronald McDonald House. I have reached out to my contact. She's excited about it, and we, since we haven't worked together in a while, the only thing that's a little bit of a twist is obviously they have certain guidelines and stuff they have to follow. So I'm going through the approval process. She's going to try to help push it. But there's a, there is a chance that they can come back and say, uh, this doesn't fit our criteria. I mean, and that's a valid point for them. They, you have a Canadian. Yeah. That's the big, I've had to hide that several times. She's asked me straight up, is there a Canadian on your show? Uh, but you know, I keep saying, well, I got a guy that likes hamburgers. So Ronald McDonald's. <laughs> 
You can take that out of those two. <laughs> no. Yes. No. No. Bad jokes day. <laughs> oh, this is what I work with, people. <laughs> but if for some reason we can't work with the Ronald McDonald House, I was thinking we would just do the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund. But one way or the other, we are going to do a charity. So again, how that's going to work is in September, we will decide, or I'll, I'll run the numbers before September, obviously, but in September, we'll have a certain amount that we're looking to raise. Up until that point, we'll keep 100% of that. And then once we hit that number, anything above and beyond that, we'll split 50-50 with a charity. And I'm including anything we bring in in September. This, that includes rush reviews, ads, anything like that. All of that money will get lumped into this. And again, we're hoping to be able to give a nice uh, chuck and change to a charity. One of the other things that would then we're kind of looking for is we're going to do this through donations. Obviously, you can give donations, uh, but we'll be taking T-shirt pre-orders, I think is what we decided, right? We'll do a pre- pre-orders for the shirts and then buy those to, based on uh, who Demand. all wants what. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, We'll be doing hopefully auctions and stuff. I know I'll go through my collection and give up some stuff. Uh, but if there are any designers or publishers that would like to help us out, please get a hold of us, podcast dot com or talk to us while we're out at Gen Con. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated. You ready, Gigo? Sure. All right, our geeking out topic for this episode is basically going to be us talking about what we're looking forward to for Gen Con. So, or what we have planned for Gen Con as well. So, uh, what do you, is there anything in particular that you're kind of excited about? How long is it? Have you been to Gen Con before? I can't remember. This, this is your my first. first. Okay. Yes. All right. So we got a virgin people. I was so excited when I found out I was going to be moving to Minnesota. I could pretty much walk to Gen Con <laughs> and then the bastards moved it. Yeah. We all had a meeting. <laughs> Holy shit. He's coming. <laughs> no, we don't want another Canadian there. So is there something in particular that you're kind of looking forward then? I'm since looking your first to, time. I'm looking forward to 18 quality hours of drive time. <laughs> With my big burly bear, Jeff. Get your motor running. <laughs> Head out on the highway. We've already had the cash, grass, or ass conversation, and I am paying for gas. Mm-hmm. With my cash. <laughs> for the first few miles. It's a long road. There's conversations to be had. Pull off to the side. Suddenly you don't know how to get home. You don't know how to get there. Things are confusing. I got GPS on my phone. <laughs> I am a motivated walker. <laughs> now, after the first night of drinking, maybe we'll talk. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> I'm generally looking forward to it. As I said, this will be my first Gen Con. Yeah, it's that con that I've wanted to go to since I was a kid. So no pressure, Gen Con, to provide <laughs> the childhood dream memories that I've always wanted. You know how you know how old Gen Con is now? Yeah. I mean... It's got to take Viagra to please you now. <laughs> Booth babes. I, I'm happy. No, so, I mean, I've signed up for a variety of events. I guess the one I'm most looking forward to, despite Nate's crapping on my dream, he who is now named in the negative. Oh, snap. <laughs> is the True Dungeon. I've signed up for both of those, uh, one puzzle-based and one uh, combat-oriented. I mean, I've signed up for a variety of things, some of the stuff together and yeah. and some on our own. Yeah, the... Uh... 
It's the second True Dungeon that we're doing together, right? Yes. The other one the I had afternoon. to do. Yeah, the, and I had to do the other one on my own. Yeah, I, I have never done the True Dungeon stuff either, and uh, you said you were interested in it. You had already signed up for your two, mm-hmm. and your first one sold out before I could go in, but we are in the same one for the second one. The pu- Is that the puzzle one? I don't know. Gollum Bane. Gollum Bane. which one that yeah. is. Is that the puzzle one? I don't know. I don't know. We'll be there. I got the ticket at home. <laughs> we'll be the ones running through going, Wee! Us geeks, bitches, we suck. We suck at this. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Um, my Thursday. How's your? Is or those? Is that all you've got on Thursday? I loaded my Thursday. <laughs> my Thursday is pretty open. Well, mainly because that's like four hours. I know. So that's. <laughs> I loaded my. I Thursday. wanted to sit down after that. I've got nine minutes to get to my next thing after <laughs> the dungeon. Uh, which is. One that, you know, give or take, but it's the, uh, Numenera launch. So you talked about that in Geek News, but. How did I miss that? I don't know. I just. Was I, that a cost or is that just open tickets? I don't remember off the top of my head. It might be open tickets. Cause we might have nine minutes to get to your next event then. <laughs> we can look after the minor in the other room, but, uh, I waffled on the Kickstarter and ended up not backing it. Mm-hmm. But I thought I'd at least go check it out and see what else is going on. Cause they're doing some other things with the Numera, Numenera property, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's, it's above and beyond just the RPG at this point. So yeah, I got that. Gonna go check out the damsels of Dorkington that evening. That should be a good, they, they always, uh, I enjoy them. I enjoy their videos and stuff. So seeing their live improv should be kind of fun. See, Friday night, we're both doing the, no, Friday afternoon. Afternoon. We're doing the, the play by mob on D6 generation. Wow, man, sound excited. No, that'll be, that'll be, a, that'll be a fun time. It seems like a, an interesting event. I'm glad I, I forgot which one got canceled. I'm glad that wasn't it, but I highly doubted that one would be. That one's probably going to be extremely popular. And I don't remember the final verdict, but I thought some of the, uh, father geek crew or, uh, everybody traveling with father geek, I should say, since Cyrus is pretty much of the crew now. <laughs> But uh I thought some of them were talking about maybe doing this as well. So that'd be interesting. Is he who must not be named showing up? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm not going to talk to him. Huh? I'm not going to talk to him. <laughs> it's it's going to be awkward silence. <laughs> <sighs> What's wrong with those two? Don't ask. Long drive. It's a, it's a girl thing. <laughs> Put your earrings in. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, what else we got here? I got, uh, we got the... uh I don't know if you're going. The, the Game Crafter Game Night is Friday night. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tag along on that. I'm going to go to that for a while. And then Saturday is their pub event. Uh, maybe that's what I That heard. That's what you were talking about. Yeah. With. Now, that I'm going to have to jet out of early now. Yes. Uh, that starts Making commitments seven. without consulting me. Well, you don't have to do it. <laughs> There's nothing saying that you have. You can stay at the pub. I feel obligated. You can stay at the pub. One of us has to make us look good. Or bring the pub with. Okay, so, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're going with right now? All right, so why do we have to leave the pub? Early? Okay, so the pub, uh, Saturday night is the Game Crafter Pub Social. Uh, which is kind of a meet and greet out of, out at one of the, at Scotty's pub, I think it was. I think that's what he said. So, uh, I'm going to try to be there pretty on time. They can't see you on the radio, those hand motions. Sure they can. Well, can I see this one? (laughs) How about this one? How about this one? All over. (laughs) Oh, skeet, skeet works. (laughs) That that, that, that works audio. (laughs) 
This is why you should be in the Google Hangouts right now. <laughs> oh, actually, Saturday morning, I think I'm, I think Jeff Cornelius wanted to get together Saturday morning if you want to hit that about 1030 or so. Apparently I will. <laughs> it's up to you. I, I don't know. I have to talk to Jeff, but we haven't like said on a. Well, I've got a random reading that I found just as I was finishing yeah. up. Some Patrick Rothfuss and somebody else. And I don't really care about the other person, but I, I want to, and I, I don't remember when that is, but that's the, my second most, uh, look forward to thing. <laughs> oh, grammar sucks. <laughs> All right. So I'll be leaving the pub social. With- Why are we leaving that again? Maybe second time we'll we'll get to that reason. That's, that's what I'm trying to get to now. If I wasn't so rudely Canadianly interrupted, hey, we're gonna go back. To, <laughs> we're gonna go back to the JW, which is the hotel, and uh, we're going to team up with the cardboard jungle. Yay! Yay. <laughs> The crossover for the ages that nobody was screaming for is going to happen at Gen Con Saturday night with two somewhat inebriated hosts and then whatever CBJ brings do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Good times will be had by all. So we're uh, teaming up with the Cardboard Jungle at around nine o'clock at the JW. Kind of doing it a little press junket kind of style thing. So people that are interested in being interviewed or coming and having, you know, shooting the shit with us. Uh, basically we're making it an opportunity for somebody to do a one stop shop for two different podcasts. And I think I've seen, uh, two or three people that have already said that they're interested. So that'll be interesting. We're, uh, trying to arrange people for that. So we'll be doing that, and depending on how that goes, we may or may not go back to the pub social. <laughs> Nobody's stopping at our table. <laughs> Talk to me! Talk to me! We have fanboy and shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Sunday, we're gonna we're gonna uh, go to the Hapumakis tournament. Looking forward to it. Yep, our uh, good friends there, Chip Theory Games been a while since we played Hoplomachus, so we're just going to go in cold and have everybody explain everything to us. That's right. Especially with, with the rule change. That's not what it says on the printed board. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah, it's- maybe we should get a game in before <laughs> <Maybe>. we go. <laughs> uh, it, but it's always awesome to see Adam and Josh. They're good I wouldn't guys. Know. Oh, you've never met them. That's no. Right. Yeah. So you've just set the, the bar pretty high. Wow. They're going to be like yeah. handstands and high fives when we show up. Oh, when I show up. <laughs> When you show up, it's going to be like, what, what the f- what are you doing with him? He's a short, fat guy why, with you. Why'd you, why'd you bring him? You bet. You know what? At this point, you just, you you can't wear it. You know, we should have just, we, instead of the. Is there a sentence there? No. Is there a sentence I'm there? I'm already drinking. <laughs> you gotta practice. If you don't warm up before Gen Con, <laughs> it just all goes to hell if you do it all at Gen Con. <laughs> you have to lead up to that. Instead of the all us geek symbol on the front, we should have had a Canadian flag for yours. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's that would have been a great idea two weeks ago. Especially since nobody seems, you know what? Listeners, if you're out there, come by, especially at at nine o'clock at the JW on Saturday, snap some damn pictures of this fool, throw them all over the internet because 
We don't even have a picture of him on the website. You can see me in the YouTube vids. No, it's, my meaty hands, it's my sausage the, fingers. Sometimes not, the profile not, of my stomach. It's not the same. Oh yeah, and we are going to. Uh, well, maybe we can have that as an option for the pledge drive T-shirts. What the Canadian, Canadian content? Oh, yeah. good lord, let's not. Oh yeah, let's. let's not. Oh yeah. Who's going to design those? Ah, uh, the country did a couple hundred years ago. It's called the flag. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Vote with your dollars, people. If you want the Canadian flag, let us know. I'm just going to put your face. <laughs> Big old face right, right on somebody's breast. <laughs> with like a... Like a maple leaf crosshair. <laughs> that could lead to some <laughs> radical proportion changes. That's all I'm saying. Let's see. We're also uh, we're discussing today that I'm doing a Gen Con pickup for my Pathfinder Adventure card game. So hopefully we'll get some of that in, too. So uh, anything else for Gen Con-related stuff? Anybody, uh, anybody that you're looking forward to hanging out with or talking to? After nine hours in the car, I'll be looking forward to hang out with anybody. <laughs> you know. I mean, is there a homeless dude outside the convention center? I'm oh, going to go talk yes. to him. <laughs> there will be plenty. Hey, dude. Here's- I think I gave away my food several times last time. I was Let's down. go have a burger. You smell better than us right now. <laughs> hey, now. Uh, well, as always, I am waiting to, uh, as always, I've just said it was my first Gen Con, but <laughs> as with any convention that I attend, I am waiting to spend at least 18 or 20 hours in the vendor hall. Oh, yeah. Vendor hall is always awesome at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. I talked to Lance a little bit today on Dead Viking. We're hoping to hook up at some point so you can find uh, You haven't met Lance yet either. Nope. So hoping to hook up with him. He said if we could get no, I'm some just time. the second. I was the I was the third host. I haven't met anybody. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get we gotta get your podcast cred on. <laughs> your review cred. Lance said we should hook up at some point, so that'll be fun. Uh he also said he's he would uh be down for recording, doing some recording while we're out there. Maybe we should do some video game reviews too. <laughs> Shut up. Nobody likes you right now. I think I've just pissed off everybody that I know. <laughs> everybody in this room hates you. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Hoping to see some people that I <laughs> don't get to see regularly except at game days. And uh <laughs> travel all the way to Gen Con and hang out That's with everybody, right. everybody right. in our area. <laughs> hey, I haven't seen you since Godfather's wow, down the street. Man. It's been what? <laughs> a week? All right, let's review a game, shall we? Oh, if we have to. All right, game review. All right, let's move along. (laughs) Should we do one or two? Oh, Christ. I I only have a, oh, yes, okay, then. Should we do two? Let's do two. All right. I thought that was a serious question for a second. (laughs) I about grabbed my pants. Oh, that, that! I only have a vague grasp of what I thought I was coming here to do, that, and then you throw a second game in. That, that right there is gold, my friend. I, I, oh, we may have a new intro. <laughs> Might have to rework that a little bit. We're gonna look at Byzantio.
What, what is that? Byzantio. Uh, Byzantino. It's Byzantio. By? Byzantio. <laughs> Produced by? Luda Creation Games. Yeah. Luda with an I. Yeah, bitch. Well, if you want to do some <laughs> spell checking before I post, jump on up there. I don't know. Maybe I you want to do some I spell gotta... checking before you post. No, I do not. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back. After arguing with my friggin' laptop for four hours to get that thing <sighs> compiled. Jesus, I need a new laptop. Video just sucks in general, dude. I, I've talked to two people now that that's a medium, and I keep telling them, you know, we really appreciate what you, you do. <laughs> you you are good people. <laughs> you are good, patient people. <laughs> I had a friend back in Toronto whose boyfriend did uh, video editing for a local porn company, and that's all he did was video editing and then uh, putting it up. And I was like, well, that must be kind of cool. But No. Uh, nope, I don't care what the content is. No, there's there's no fun part of video editing. <laughs> All right, so Byzantio by the Creation Games. As you may have just realized, <laughs> we did do a game preview video for this one, and it is on our YouTube channel. But now we're going to get to the meat of it. We're going to talk about the, the everything that we usually talk about when we review a game. This will be a full review it is on Kickstarter right now and going until August 18th. And uh, it's already over 200% funded. So it is funded. It is going to get made. The one stretch goal that we talked about in the video, and we'll t- probably talk about a little bit here, but the uh, double-sided board. So that is going to happen. There is going to be a different board on the other side that you can play, play a little more fantasy theme. So that's cool. But... Let's talk about Byzantio. What is Byzantio? Byzantio is uh, a bit of a area control game. It is set in the Byzantine world. You are a pretender to the throne. All the players are, not just you. And you are trying to solidify your position by having the most points of uh, cities conquered on this old world-esque map. map looks very nice. You do this through using the various uh, game mechanics. A uh, little bit of combat, but not uh, not intensive. Just kind of moving stuff out. Actually, there's a variety of ways of moving stuff out. That's three of the core, three of the game mechanics. A little bit of. There's no real politicking in here. It's totally competitive. It has thirty turns. Thirty turns. Thirty mm-hmm. turns. You take one action each turn. Every player does. And thirty turns is a hard stop. At the end of the game, you total up your points. And the player with the highest number of points wins. How do you determine what points you get for what city? If you're me, you lie. (laughs) You wait until all the other players have given their totals, and then you just add three. (laughs) If you're playing by the rules, you score points by secretly selecting seven cities at the beginning of the game. City number one will be worth 14 points should you have it unmolested at the end of the game. And each city after that in descending order has, well, the descending order <laughs> is worth a little bit less until your last two cities are worth six points. If you control all your cities and you are not sharing them with any of your opponents, you will score max points for all your cities. So I believe it's 14, 10, 8, 8, 7, uh, 6, six or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Two tens, two eights, two sixes. Yep. The so, one, one 14, but yeah. yeah. 
So if you control all those, you will get max points for each of those cities. Along the way, you will use your incredible powers of deductive reasoning to make a guess, in my case, <laughs> what your opponent's number one city is. So their high-strength city, the 14-point city, you're going to take a guess at that. And if you get it right, you will get a bonus five points for each city you get correct. So in a four-player game, you have the potential for a bonus 15 points. Yay! Yay. Then there is a bit of a penalty. There is an event that will let you essentially change one of your goal cities. If you do that, however, you do suffer a two-point penalty from whatever that was. So if you've decided that you're not going to be able to maintain control of your 14-point city to get any points out of it, you can swap that out on one of the event rounds for a two-point penalty. So your 14-point city will become a new city and will only be worth 12. So there's a minor penalty, but mostly all the scoring is in the positives. Like Jordan said, there are 30 actions that you get to take. There are exactly 30 spots for you to track for actions. So you will not have any leftover actions. You will use exactly 30. Well, you will use exactly 26, actually, by the base game. And we'll talk about that in a second, too. There are four events, disaster-type events, most of them. There's one that's the one that Jordan was talking about, about switching out your city. Uh, the other three are disaster-type events. And they happen basically every six rounds. And when those happen, and we'll talk about what the disasters are in a little bit, but when those happen, not only does the disaster effect happen, but you have to basically cross off one of your actions that you're not going to be able to use for the entire game. So you have a limited number of these various actions, and it's a differing amount of a number for each one. And when we talk about the actions, I'll, we'll let you know how many you can do in total over a 30 turn period if you keep all of them but you're going to have to give up four it's a tight 30 so you're not going to have extra boxes you're not going to have a decision to make on round 30 round 30 you're going to have one action left that's the action you're going to take so the actions are campaign which is the one that you get the most of you can do up to 10 of them in a game and that's the one where you move your pretender to the throne and place one of your pieces in a city in the province that you move your pretender to the throne to. What type of movement is that? Campaign? Adjacent. It's an adjacent movement. You're right. So they have to move it to an adjacent province, and then you can take one of your garrison tokens, uh, which is the smaller meeple, and put that in a city. And then if there is an opponent's garrison token in that city, you can remove one opponent's garrison token. The caveat to that is you cannot occupy a second gar you cannot move a second garrison unit into a city unless there is already an opponent piece there. So if you have a piece there, you move your pretender to the throne back there, an opponent hasn't placed anything there, you can't put a second one in there to solidify your your two spots for that city. Uh you can only ever have two garrison tokens in a city. Then we move to muster. And muster is you don't move your pretender to the throne. It stays in the province you're in, but you can put a garrison token down in one of the cities. There's no removing of the opponent, and you get up to six of those. Negotiate! Let's not. You get four of these. Uh, so you see, we're dwindling down. You're getting less and less of some of these actions. Uh, and again, if you cross one off, you're going to lose it for the game. Negotiate. This is where we start... There's a D8 that comes with the game. 
And this is one of the spots where you're going to use the D8. You are looking to swap one of your pieces with an opponent's piece. Now, the opponent can say, yeah, let's do it, and it just happens. But if they say, I don't want to do this, that's when you roll the D8. If you get a 5 through 8 on the D8, it happens. If you get a 1 through 4, it doesn't happen. But if your pretender to the throne is in the province that you want to move to, 4 through 8 will be successful. On all counts where there is a die roll, if the pretender is in the province you're trying to influence, you will get essentially a plus 1. Then advance, you get 4 of these as well. And advance is simply just moving your pretender to the throne. But in this instance, you can move it anywhere on the board. You just don't get to also place a garrison token. Bribe, there's three of these. Bribe, basically you're going to pick a city on the board, roll a d8, five through eight, it'll be successful. You're going to basically replace a, an opponent's garrison piece with one of your pieces. Same rule applies if your pro, if your pretender to the throne is in that province, it'd be four through eight. It's worth pointing out that for all these random ones, if you fail, you still lose the action. Yes. Then we have expel three of these total through the entire game. And this is just basically saying, you know what? Your garrison token is out of here. Again, it's a die roll. So five through eight, you're successful. It goes away. If your pretender is there, four through eight, successful goes away. You do not replace this one. You're just getting rid of their token. Now, another thing that we, I know we pointed out in the video, we'll point out here as well. You're never removing pieces completely from the game. It's either on the board or in a player's supply. So if you pull something off the board, it goes back to the player that they, and they can place it somewhere else. As Jordan mentioned, there's something that they call espionage, and that's just basically kind of watching and trying to make your decision on uh, what you think everybody's top city is so you can maybe get that bonus five points at the end of the game. And then, like I said, every six rounds, we've got some disasters that happen. So the first one is Earthquake. When Earthquake happens on round six, you roll the D8. Whatever number comes up, now the map has, all the provinces have a number associated with them on the map. So let's say you roll a six. If you roll a six, any of the provinces marked with a six, all the cities in there lose their garrison tokens. The Earthquake hit that area. We say all the cities in the province because some provinces have two cities in them. There'll be a large city and a small city. In one to three, one to three, you only use the large, and then in four, yep. you use the small and the large. Yeah, two to three. Two to three. One to three. Again, <laughs> very boring game. I win every time. How did I lose? Round 12 is famine. Famine, again, you roll the D8. Those provinces are affected by the famine. If you have a garrison token in a city in those provinces, you roll the D8 again. Same deal. Five through eight, you're fine. If your pretender to the throne is there, four through eight. Otherwise, you lose a garrison token uh, out of the city. And then round 18 is succession of the patriarch. Now, this one is not a bad thing. You're not going to lose garrison tokens, all this stuff. This is where you can say, all right, I need to switch out a city. I'm going to control a different city for minus two points. But you still mark off an action that you don't get to use during the rest of the game. And then finally, we have the plague in round 24. This one is you roll the D, you roll the D8, whatever it comes up. If your pretender to the throne is in a province that has that number, the player to your left gets to move your pretender to the throne anywhere they want to on the board. Uh, again, if you heard like through some of the actions, a lot of times where you can put your garrison tokens depends on where your pretender to the throne is, plus bonuses you might get for die rolls. 
So they can potentially basically kind of try to mess with your planning of uh, how you're using your pretender and how you're moving along to, or using your actions even, because you're out to spend an action to maybe get your pretender back over to the other side of the board or something like that. So those are the events. And then, of course, round 30 is your end of game. So your last round, and then you'll do scoring. What we played, and again, you can see it in the YouTube video, uh, was a prototype. So we're not going to go a whole lot into components and stuff. Uh, we've got a good idea of what some of them are going to be, uh, but we will talk a little bit about it. Right now, the events and the disasters and stuff are not printed on the board, and that's by design. Um, actually, I did talk. They're not going to print any of it on the board. Uh, I still don't know why they wouldn't print the start one, but what they were looking for is scenarios and variants. So they're going to produce scenarios that might have less turns and stuff like that, which makes sense. And then they're talking about doing extra events and stuff and maybe having random events like we talked about, you know, just having rent, you know, uh, not know what it is until you get there, that kind of thing, or different ones to interchange out. So those are going to be tokens that go on the score track or their turn track. But you get a nice board, and like we said, from what they, they've already funded, it's going to be a double-sided board now. So a different way, different variant to play on the other side. You get a D8, you get a bunch of, of meeples that are your garrison tokens, you get a larger meeple that's your pretender to the throne, you get the score pad kind of things where... On the top half, you write all the cities that you're going to go for. Then you fold it in half so that the cities are underneath. Nobody else can see them. And then you use uh, what's left facing you to track what actions you've taken for what turn. And then your end scoring, too, when you're talking about like what cities your opponents control and all that good stuff. Uh, did I miss anything on the component side? Tokens for events. Board. D8, tokens. D8. Board. Pad. Yeah. Meeples. Bigger meeples. meeples. From what we got, I mean, the components are, are decent. We don't know exactly what's finished and what's not. So we, again, yeah, I'm not going to go into it too much. So we'll go into mechanics. There are mechanics. Things, things happen, things happen. in a specific way. So what do you think overall of the mechanics? Well, I'll start in a general sense. It's an area control, but there's a great amount of randomness there, both in terms of how game mechanics work and how you're choosing what areas to control. Well, what you're choosing is not random, but compared to everybody else, it's semi-random because each player picks their own. So there's a bit of a disconnect there for me. But setting that aside, the mechanics are very simple. The rule book lays out what each action is. Each action is very simple. Movement, ejecting, bribing, all that stuff. Very easy to understand. And once you get used to it, the map has it right on there. Yes. As well. So yep. you don't have to refer back to the rule book as much. And the map itself with the numbers on it for, for the die rolling. I mean, it all works very well together. There's not a lot of, uh, gray area in the mechanics. It's all well explained. And everything that you're told it's going to do, it does without any questions. What did you think of the hidden scoring aspect? The choosing what you're going to score? Again, there's the disconnect for me. As a concept, I am not opposed to it. It just, it's strange for me. And I stopped playing, for the most part, area control games rather a long time ago. (laughs) So going back to days of Shogun and Milton Bradley big boxes and my one attempt at TI, to have that kind of random nature, not just like a mission for bonus points or something, but to have that be totally up to my choice 
it is strange. I'm not saying bad. It is just a strange concept to me. I'm not adverse to it, but uh, I think that that particular point does add something to the game because it's not just take Australia and then grind everybody down. It's not set up the choke point in the middle of the map, and as long as you have both sides of it, you are going to win. You know, that kind of thing. It it does add something your opponents, in theory, don't know what you're going after. So they're trying to complete their... It's it's kind of... It's semi-solitaire area control until the end. Yeah. <laughs> so picking your cities, I, I think that uh, that is a plus. I agree for the most part with that. I don't play a lot of area controls. I played a few, but it's not something that I've ever really gravitated towards. So I didn't have a whole lot of, this is not an area control kind of thing. I liked the hidden scoring aspect where it fell a little bit short. Of course, we talked about on the briefly on the video was the whole, the font and readability and that kind of stuff. Uh, had a hard time sometimes, you know, it's like, okay, what? You're not going to ask the person across it. So how do you spell that city in front of you right there? Mm-hmm. Not, I'm just asking. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, I'm just trying to educate myself on the map here. Uh, so a little bit of that, but you kind of wing it and, and figure that out. And it was kind of cool. I think we did run into, I think part of our solitaire experience early on came in because there is, I mean, and we played a full, full player game, but on that particular full player game, we were all going completely different areas. Yes. So there wasn't as much tension until, like you said, a little, you know, end, endish type game. But for the most part, it was just like, I'm over here and you're over there and everybody's happy. <laughs> hey, let's just, you know what? Just because I have the action, let's stick yeah. with each other. I, I was going to talk about that later <laughs> on, but since you brought it up, I mean, Don got through the whole game with no contention at all. And near the end of the game, it was just because we had to use actions. You and I were dicking with each other. Yeah. I think this game would actually benefit going up to six. Yeah, at least five. I know they've talked about. I think about at five, there still wouldn't because that's a big board. Yeah. I mean, for what you for what you actually need to do on it, there's a lot of uh, a lot of real estate there. Yeah, and it's again, it's it's one of those things. It's it it all depends. You've got your permanent start positions, which we talked about a little bit. Uh, it would almost be nice if the first thing you do is just like I'm randomizing everything, I, or not randomizing. I'm choosing everywhere I'm going to score. I'm going to choose my start position. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that a little bit. Or kept that as, you know, the first thing you write down is where you're going to start. And who cares if two pretenders start in the same spot? And overall, in the game, it doesn't matter as much. But because you got your fixed points, it really boiled down. And I and one of them to me, and it, was that Don's or was that mine? It seems like it's like the, the three are yeah, the right red. here, and yeah. then there's one guy the red, way over here. The red starter was on the other side uh, of the big so, lake. That was just like, eh, if you stay over there, nobody's going to come near you probably for mm-hmm. a while. But the fact that all the players, and you never know really what a player is doing, right? I mean, the one game, you uh, was it you? There was like, I'm just going around in my area. Yeah. And then there was me. It was like, people are going to expect me to go around my area. So I'm going everywhere. <laughs> so it depends a little bit on the players, right? Because it could have went the opposite way. All four of us picked relatively all the same area. Mm-hmm. And then we would have had contention from like jump. Or, like what ended up happening to us in the game, Don stays on the other mm-hmm. side of the world. We all kind of, da 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 And then it wasn't until after even the halfway mark. It wasn't even, it wasn't even until, it was 
really last last leg of the game where we were like, uh, I want this. Yeah, if they're going to stick at max four, they really need to revisit uh, where your starting positions are, if they're going to have static starting positions. So it could go either way. I mean, it, because of how you're selecting, how you're scoring, it could either be really, really tight or really, really spread. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we had at least one of those games where it was like really, really spread. So it was the whole solitude thing. But I do like the fact, I, I like the fact that you're doing that. You're, you're putting the importance on your scoring. Mm-hmm. You're trying to figure out how to use those actions. That's the other thing we talk about. I mean, you got the 30 actions. You're giving up four of them. So you got 26 actions to make whatever you decide you're going to do work. Especially your, probably your first few games, you're going to get to the end of the game and go, I pissed away actions I shouldn't have because mm-hmm. you didn't, you don't quite get the inner mix until you're in that last leg and you're like, ah, oh, crap, I shouldn't have given up. I wasn't using them early game, so I gave up two of these. Now I don't have them yep. kind of thing. Uh, so you're going to run into a little bit of that. So it's one of those things you got to kind of recognize and be willing to replay and think about that next time you play it. But the other thing we thought about was it wouldn't be bad. I guess we'd have to play it, obviously. But in our minds, it wouldn't be bad to have the one. Well, if it's in my mind, it's, well, awesome. it's awesome. So <laughs> we've just made this game better <laughs> <laughs> to have the one. You're welcome. The one extra off to the side, wild. Mm-hmm. So you would have one box left over at the end of the game, be it either the wild or something else that you decided not to use because you used the one wild. Don't think that would be a huge game breaker, but again, we haven't play tested it. This is off the top of our head, so we don't know. But it's something that wouldn't be maybe even not a bad variant. You know, they're talking about adding variants. There's one to, to try out, and I think it would add a little something to the game. That said, and I'm not trying to, here's everything that needs to be improved about this game. Cause it is a good game. It's a solid game. I like the mechanics. I like how simple it is to pick up and grasp and understand. I do like the hidden decide what I'm going to score. And I do like overall the tight action decision. So on that end, I think this is a solid game mechanically. It does have a little bit, like you said, that kind of stray from the path of what you would consider a normal area control. And then the one thing that we did have a harder time with is the randomness of the events. So even though you knew round six, the earthquake was happening, round six, the earthquake is happening by a random die roll. Round, you know, all those things. If there were some events or if there was a, va- a variant that you could put in events, planned events, like a typical Euro, right? You're not going to have that much randomness. You might have a little, the, the die roll on the actions, I'm good with that. The die roll on these bad events, either it's going to completely wipe me out and leave you alone, you know, that kind of stuff. It would be nicer if it was something you could plan for. Okay, the earthquake is happening. Everybody's going to lose X, you know, something like that. And we talked about that a bit. It would be kind of nice. That's really, the, I think, the biggest thing that kind of, Tended to throw off everybody that was playing at the table that that night, don't you think? Yeah, I'm good with this up until you tell me I'm randomly losing an entire province on the earthquake or something. Yes, like yeah. Rules, kind of talk about rules are very simple. This was a one read. I had prototype rules, and then they sent me a hey, here's the uh, uh, real rules. Sorry, you didn't get all the images and stuff. There were one or two things in the prototype rule that I kind of guessed on. Uh, just because the images weren't there, 
got the PDF of the actual rule book, I was right. So clean read through, clean understanding, very simple rules to go through. No need for an index. No need for an index. Visually, again, the, the PDF that they sent, good examples, good clear examples on here's how, you know, here's how the muster works, here's how the campaign works, all that good stuff. Solid. Which leads into teaching, teachability. We had no problem. We had all new players at the table. We brought this to an RGC game night. So we brought it there. We thought that would be a really good place for us to play this because we would be able to bring it out for a bunch of people that don't normally sit down and play these games with us. Uh, so it's not the same crew that we always sit down and play with and talk about these games and what we like, don't like. So it was a couple other people that we got to sit in on it. So sat down, put the board out, started explaining it. Everybody picked it up right away. Very easy to teach. I would put this a, as a good gateway area control slash euro kind of game. You're not going to have anybody scratching their head over how to do it. <laughs> well, you will. I was just going to say the, uh, the choosing the actions. Because depending on how you run your actions, you're either going to feel successful or wish you had not played this game. If you run your actions That's well, true. you're going to be okay. Even if you're not optimum at the end of the game, but if you have made a mistake or you've had a more competitive game, uh, where there's been a lot more interaction, you're just going to be at the end of the game wondering what you did wrong, where you did it, and just looking at options you don't want to do, but you have to do something. Yeah. Not that they're bad options. Well, they are technically bad options because if none of mean, them benefit you, but you have to do something. Yeah, once I said it, I started thinking about that too. Yeah, you realized immediately you were wrong and that I was going to lecture you. You fool! <laughs> no, I mean, I, I do think it's an, it's a good game. May not be quite a gateway game for that reason, the, the action part of it. I mean, we were playing and we're used to crap like that. And, we, and at the end of the game, we're like, I mean, we ah! play Galaxy Truckers, so <laughs> oh, we're used to getting oh. kicked in the balls. But. And, you know, <laughs> and we were at the end of the game. Oh, I'm just, yeah, why? Why? Why did I do that? You know, kind of stuff. And we can take that, but trying to maybe introduce a new game <laughs> that may not be the way you want to start off. Uh, but very easy to teach if you got a bunch of gamers that you want to sit down with and teach this to. No time at all. Mm-hmm. All right, theme. What did you think of theme? To quote, yeah, this could be anything. <laughs> no, it is very light. I mean, it's there in the title, Byzantio. They give you kind of an old old world map. But, I mean, as far as I know, these are not actual Byzantine Empire actual names. But, I mean, I didn't put that much research into it. I think they actually are. Really? These guys put some research. In. There's a lot of fluff in Well, if they book. are, that is excellent. That's just not the area of history I studied. Well, and that's put something in China and I'm there, but I mean, it's, it's light. It's, there's nothing there that makes you feel like you are right there in the Byzantine era, but that's typical of many euros. So that's not a negative. That's just it. Yeah. Like I said, they really tried to represent that era. And so there is some fluff and they do have the pretenders of the throne named and, and all that good stuff. And like we said in the video, it's like, okay, that's, that's awesome, but I play I play red. I'm, I'm writing down red. <laughs> That's my dynasty. Dynasty purple. Dynasty dynasty yellow. But if you're into it and and that's I think that's one of the reasons why they went with this theme for the major part of the board and then have the fantasy theme on the other side cuz they feel it's a barely represented area. So, kudos for that and there is some fluff and stuff in in uh, not necessarily fluff, but you know, researchy type stuff like uh, in in the rule book. Yeah, good on them for that. But you're right. Once you get down to gameplay, 
You're not like, well, wait a minute. Let me read you the story of that province that you just moved into. That <laughs> obviously is not happening. You're doing the area control. You're doing the die roll. You're doing the your meeples out, my meeples in. I didn't want uh, a history lesson, dude. <laughs> just just let me put my token down. No. 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 You listen. You listen now. <laughs> the major imports and exports were. <laughs> exactly. Do you realize that you just went from the original trade route to the new world trade route when you were moving your pretender to the throne? <laughs> You realize that historically these two provinces would were never under any kind of joint control of any one single. No, that's, that's and yeah, totally wrong. And now that this game is almost over, this pretender to the throne is going to be my Leia. <laughs> as as your punishment for losing the game, you will now watch them kiss. <laughs> we apologize, ludicrous. <laughs> it's hot back here. Those nice things you said last week. <laughs> They're all out the window. We have retract them. <laughs> I won't argue. Oh. You best bring a slave Leia costume to Gen <laughs> and wear it don't, at the costume. Don't tempt me. At the costumes. <laughs> what? The costumes? That's every day we're right there, baby. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Mayo is a little bit loosened up on their uh, dress policy. That's club night. <laughs> Oh, that's why the cops were at Torgies. <laughs> All right, so yeah, your your theme is it exists, but it's not. It's your typical Euro type theme. It's in the rule book. It's in the naming, but your gameplay you're not thematically thinking, or at least we weren't. I don't know. Maybe we're just single threaded. It's like no, I must move my maple. <laughs> no, I must roll this d8. <laughs> <laughs> but like Jordan said, that's not a detractor for a Euro game necessarily. Uh, if you enjoy the theme, you might look into it and, and mess with it a little more. If you enjoy the game for the game, you're just going to play the game. And then, like I said, I, I personally think this is a fairly solid game. Fun factor. End of the day. Did you have fun with it? I don't know. <laughs> Were you there? I was there, but in the end, I felt that the restricted actions were more of a punishment. That was a big negative for me. I didn't flip the table. Didn't want to punch Don. <laughs> there was no kicking going on. I didn't swear. So, I mean, it wasn't a bad game. A bad gaming experience, I should say. But I am overall, fun factor and just overall, I think very neutral on this. I think I wasn't as neutral as you were. On well, you overall. couldn't be because I was very neutral. Yeah, I, I was not very neutral. I did have fun with it. Like I said, I do agree with the comments that we made about the random events. I could take or leave that. I'd prefer it to be more planned. Even though I was feeling tight towards the end, it was like, oh, I screwed up. I really screwed up. I shouldn't have marked off these actions. Uh, I just didn't understand what they were going to be towards the end of the game because I wasn't using them up front, so I just marked them off. But I didn't mind that. Because then it made me think about, okay, so this is how I need to play this game next time. So I was fine with that. But like I said, one of the variants that we thought of and I wouldn't mind seeing is the side box. The, okay, you've got one time. You think you screwed up? Here's your one time to try to correct your screw up. And then you have to live with it the rest of the game. That wouldn't be a bad thing. That said, I enjoyed it. A whole lot of Trying to figure out what the names of cities and stuff were though. That, that's, if anywhere, that's probably where I had 
my biggest issue because the board was pretty light. And again, it was a prototype, so I don't know if it's going to be that light. It could be because, like you said, it, they really did go for the old world map style, which looks cool mm-hmm. until you're trying to read it. Mm. <laughs> Uh, that's where I had a little bit of an issue. And even, and then even lighter than that was the numbers for the die rolls on the events. If anything, that's where I started kind of disconnecting a little bit. It's like, ah, I, where, what, what, what city did I pull? Where is that? How is that spelled? Yeah. I didn't spell it right. I know I didn't. <laughs> that kind of thing. Balsakia. What? <laughs> it's like, Jordan's a dick. What? <laughs> oh, no, no. Okay. That was because of that last move. All right. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it just had two to, points. Just had to comment on it. But beyond that, that was a minor detractor for me, and I had fun with it. I would wouldn't have mind playing uh, some more. I will play it some more. I do think again, like going into, it, I was like, okay, it was very I, social. I need to think of my actions better. Yes, that is that. See, and that's also where I'm very neutral. Is it seems to be the wrong type of resource management for me. You know, your resources are not wheat or wood or, you know, sheep. It's your actions. And it's kind of like first turn. You have to plan out 26 turns, you know. (laughs) Yeah, you kind of got to be thinking about that. Well, I think especially come round six where you've got to mark one off. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be like, okay, what if I mark this off? What's going to happen in round 25? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to regret this, aren't I? <laughs> so, yeah, again, that's, it's one of the, I can't explain where and when I like that kind of thing. Cause obviously galaxy trucker and that kind of stuff, you, you guys know, I, I don't like that crap. Mm-hmm. This I liked. I didn't mind it as much. I, like I said, I would have liked that one. Here's your one ace in the hole. Here's your one chance to try to correct everything you just screwed up. That would be cool, but I didn't mind this. And it just made me go, God, that was so dumb of me. Play play again. I'm not doing that again. (laughs) So I don't know. Uh, So I had fun with it at the end of the day. But then again, you see with the random, or not the random, but the hidden selection, no two games are going to be alike. So you're never going to, you're always going to make that mistake on the same turn because you never know what that turn's going to be. Right. But where the, especially my first game where I made the mistake was the smaller sections. Well, the smaller sections where you have very limited actions of those type, yeah. and we hadn't used really used them, and I'm like, oh, I yeah, get, the expel and the bribe two of those. are, are <laughs> very powerful, as denoted by there being only what six of the two combined. Yeah. So and so it was just like, well, I haven't used these. I can mark off two of those, no problem. Wah! Bribe. That's just fifty-fifty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> actually, fifty-fifty is good odds. Better than Powerball. Byzantio by Luda Creation Games on Kickstarter right now. Like we said, hey, you know, you can go check out our uh, YouTube video, see it in action. We play through a few rounds, give you our initial impressions. Uh, you've listened to this, obviously. No, you're making assumptions there. That's not really they, an assumption. They, <laughs> could have turned it off an hour ago. <laughs> you don't know. Well, if they just heard what I said, they're listening to this now. <laughs> Uh, it is currently over 200% funded and is going to have that double-sided board, which, again, the other side is going to be a fantasy-style board, one we did not have access to, so we don't know how that changes. Uh, they're talking about scenarios, variants, all that kind of good stuff. So there will be some additional ways the game potentially changes by how much they get funded. So go check it out over on Kickstarter. Congratulations, Luda Creations. It looks like you got a winner on your hands here. I hope uh, you have a lot of success with us. 
All right, should we review a second game? Sure. Oh, let's review a second game. Yes. What we have here is, what are we going to call this? Love Letters Redux. Yeah, I still like uh, a love letter to podcasting. Well, although it's not all I just think, podcasters. No, though. no, I letter think we to should re- call to- it Love Letter to Nate. Love Letter to Nate. There you go. There we go. We are going to review Love Letter to Nate. Carl Creations. Carl Creations. <laughs> Carl Creations. Oh, that's three Ks, though. <laughs> well... Has he had a sandwich? <laughs> if he hasn't had a sandwich, it might fit. <laughs> All right, so what are we talking about? Well, here's what we're talking about. Kakarl. You may have, often uh, mentioned, never heard. Often mentioned, never heard. Yeah, never been on. But if you uh hang out with us on Facebook, you'll read a lot. <laughs> or, well, not a lot, but he's on there off and on. Rancor. <laughs> Basically, uh, local-ish gaming group or local gamer. We don't actually get to play with them that often. These are the elite gamers that you might have heard us talk about. Or again, over on Facebook, we talk about. It just happens to be, you know, Rochester and Austin isn't, aren't that close. They're about an hour apart. It's longer to Rochester though than it is to Austin. Totally. And it just happens that their game night is the same night as Jordal's game night. So it's not really overly feasible usually for anything to happen although at some point i do want to get out there for a game night uh just to hang out with these guys because they're good people so we get to hang out with them sometime at rgc game events or jordocon they were at jordocon right unfortunately i wasn't at jordocon i was on call but carl rethemed love letter for us using all local individuals and we're all trying we're not all trying to get close to the princess we're all trying to get close to nate which says something about Carl and the Elite Gamers, I think. <laughs> Only one woman in the deck. <laughs> Only one woman in the deck, and nobody wants to be near her. Carl. <laughs> and the woman, Carl's wife. So what does that say about Carl? So it's pretty cool. And you know what? We'll try to, we'll post some, some photos, but we got the Canadian in here, which is just, again, the Canadian flag, because nobody can get a picture. He had his phone in my face all day Saturday. He could have snapped one. We got Carl in here. We got our local Brian, not the Brian that won the contest. Steve's in here. Steph's in here. Cyrus is in here. Uh, myself and Nate. So we are going to be playing Love Letter to Nate in the very near future. Excellent game. Component quality is just superb. <laughs> Some high quality laser printing went into that, yeah, I think. There were, there was ink involved. There's definitely ink involved. Kudos for getting the ink involved. That's uh, an important process, important step in the process. No index card though. What's that? No index card. No, no reference card. Reference card. No reference card. You got knocked for that. No, no rules. We don't, we don't even know how to play this game. This is the worst game ever. Coming Ah. soon to Kickstarter. Coming soon to Kickstarter. (laughs) Making thousands. I think we'll bring it with us to Gen Con. Oh, well, it'll be a fun. There will probably be multiple copies at Gen Con at this point. The whole crew is going to be there. Thanks again for sending it over, Carl. That was awesome. It made my day. It actually came interclinic mail at work, so it was kind of cool. Right at the end of the day, I got to thumb through the cards and see what he put together. And of course, the crowning achievement is the back, and Carl himself is holding the uh, plushy Cthulhu. So that right there brought it back up a few points. So you uh, you get a passing grade from All Us Geeks. All Us Geeks approved, although we don't have the cool logo like Father Geek. So sorry, you're just going to have to 
accept our words. We'll work on it. A red and white hand with the thumb up. <laughs> Is it the thumb? Is that what's going to be up? Well, that'll be the disapproved. <laughs> Rejected by all us geeks. Suddenly everybody wants that. <laughs> What we're watching. Settle back, kids. Let me tell you a little story about some TV watching and uh, some enjoyable movie entertainment. Keep your pants on. (laughs) Ink Master Season 3 is on. They just got rid of the person that causes the most drama and Megan and I hate. (laughs) So we're watching that, obviously. I really enjoy that show. The new Whose Line Is It Anyway? Do you... Oh, yeah, I heard that was coming oh, yeah, back. Because it's, it's, it's everybody back. in Aisha Tyler now, right? Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah, she hosts it. And she's bringing it. The, they do a celebrity guest uh, a show now, too. They bring on for, like, two skits or whatever. But, yeah. How it's, long until Drew Carey tries to become relevant again? <laughs> it's, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I mean, it's, it, the format's pretty, it's, it's, whose line is it anyway? Mm-hmm. You know, new host, but it's, it's hilarious still. And it's, I love it. I'm glad they brought it back. For some reason, my wife really hates her, so I don't think, uh. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. The hell, Sarah? Uh, probably because I think she's hot. So okay. there's there's the yeah, there there's the that. balance. There's that. If he thinks he's hot, I must hate her. <laughs> but yeah, so I no, I didn't realize I was already back on. So I'll have to try to get that on. Oh yeah, our uh, schedule. Two three episodes at least, I think. What station? I wanna. Was it the CW? I think grabbed it. Yeah, so that means it's probably not available on demand. Yeah, I think that's who has it. All right, uh, Dexter's final season is going, so we're watching that as well. He dies. At the beginning. <laughs> First episode. <laughs> shows, and shows, 12 more eps of funeral. Show's titled Dexter. He's dead. <laughs> well, what do we do now? And now we, we have... didn't think this one through. Now we have <laughs> Screw the... it, it's the last season. Nobody will notice. <laughs> now we have the crossover with Californication. And <laughs> David Duchovny is just going to come in and sleep with people and then kill them. <laughs> I have never seen that show, Californication. It's actually kind of fun. I kind of want to. I feel dirty about watching it after I'm done a season, because I'll wait for the whole season, and then <laughs> I'll just you've wait. done what? <laughs> done watching it. A ton of movies. Mama. It's not Del Toro. It's, it's He presents it. It's that horror, the little horror movie about the little girls. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That are out in the, yeah. they're, they're, the adopted twins or whatever. Or... Yeah, not adopted. It's the, uh, the brother of their father find, finds out in the woods or has been searching for them ever since they disappeared right. kind of thing. That was actually pretty decent for, especially for a PG 13 horror movie. It's probably better than some of the other stuff I've seen recently, but it's more of a story type movie than really like scare and there's, you know, it's not gore and all that, but it was, it was pretty good actually. State of Emergency, watch that. I need to watch it again because that will be the next Two Bald Geeks review. Spoilers. Spoilers. We just did Grave Encounters 2. Just put that out. So State of Emergency will be the next one. This Girl is Badass. Yes, but what have you been watching? <laughs> Which was an interesting uh, movie. It was a uh, basically a fe- this young female uh, martial artist that tried to is is trying to be like it was almost like a Jackie Chan-ish movie where she was a bike messenger. So everything she was doing with it was like with her bike and other things. It was kind of interesting. <laughs> it's kind of bizarre though too. I, I, it's just, yeah, it was interesting. Parker. Have you seen Parker? Jason Statham? Not yet. 
I am behind on my Statham. <laughs> yeah. The last one I saw was safe. Oh, this is the one with that. Oh, what's her name, right? The chick I hate. <laughs> Who is the female lead? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So don't look at me like I'm dumb when you can't. No, I'm not looking at you like you're dumb. I was just like, it's the fact that you automatically go to, I, I know I hate somebody in this movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's got to be a reason why I didn't see it. It's, uh, God, it's, you know, unfortunately it's been a little while since we watched that one. I remember we, we liked it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, I don't remember much more than that. Paca. Well, that's pretty much all Statham movies. I liked it. What yeah. happened? I, yeah. There was there a was car. A car. He kicked somebody. Somebody got punched. <laughs> I'm sure, pretty sure he got physical at one point. <laughs> there was some accents. Uh, Jack Reacher. We watched Jack Reacher. And? Actually, I enjoyed it. You know, but again, I'm not the diehard book reader like my one coworker is. That was upset that Tom Cruise was going to be playing Jack Reacher. Well, he is four foot three. Uh, exa- well, I that's mean- a, that, oh, I that there is one thing though that completely put me off to that movie at a point, and it was just like, all right, this pissed me off. The whole comedic fight scene in the bathroom was ridiculous. One where they were like fighting over who gets to fight him while he's laying in yes. the tub. Yeah. That was stupid. Cut that out, not a bad movie. Yeah. Put that in, tainted the rest of the movie for me. He's like, did they really do that? <laughs> you said taint. I know. It's not the first time. <laughs> Curly giggle. Branded, don't do it. Don't I don't do think it. I'd plan to. Don't ever do it. Megan and I watched that, so you never, ever, ever have to. One of the more most horrible movies we've watched in a long, long time, and it never became anything it pretended it was going to be in the trailers <laughs> or in conversation. And what was this? So horrible. It kind of looked sci-fi-ish in that like aliens were were kind of controlling us through brands. It was this guy's basically soapbox for we're too reliant on branding and advertising and so it actually was the brands Kind of came alive and were sucking the souls out of us and stuff. I have a vague recollection was, of those previews. And it was like, like these stupid balloon type characters of the brands that would like hover yeah. over you and Roddy Roddy Piper did it better. And then the brands, they, he made it, the main guy made it so the brands would fight and kill each other. It was so horrible and it took forever. The, the, the whole, well, you do, you, there is a stop button on your DVD remote. I know, but you, you, at there, at one point you just kind of go, it's got to get there, right? <laughs> and it, I'm in for 46. I'm in for 90. It, it took forever to even get to the brand part of the movie. It was it, like Megan just looked at me and she goes, I feel like I'm watching a really, really poorly done foreign film with subtitles that make no sense <laughs> it was that bad don't do it hansel and gretel mm-hmm. watch that that was actually good we actually enjoyed that one uh-huh. yeah my wife redboxed it on the night that i couldn't be home <laughs> thanks you can borrow it oh i will yeah. all right it's actually uh right over by the tv right now we haven't put it away yet so how about parker parker might be in the room here so i could probably grab that too and man with the iron fist we haven't watched that one yet. <laughs> okay, the reason I, part of my, there's a lot of things I'm not talking about because before we could actually watch movies, 
our DVR was bitching at us again. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, Megan just looked at me one day. She's like, you know, our DVR is telling us it's like 96% full, right? I'm like, I gotta edit. <laughs> so we took a couple nights and watched a bunch of crap. Lawless watched that here recently. All of these I actually fairly enjoyed, but some of them have unfortunately been because we've been on hiatus. Some of the stuff we watched <laughs> early on and some of it we watched within the last week. So some of it's more clear than others, but oh, I remember Lawless. That's the one. If you don't like uh, Shia uh, LaBeouf. Well, I don't, so you can stop right there. No, that's just it. If you don't like him, this is actually a pretty good movie to watch him in because he gets his ass kicked like every five minutes in awesome. this film. Awesome. I, in fact, that is the exact I looked at Megan. I'm like, this is the movie that for anybody that hates Shia, they need to watch this. He's getting his ass kicked every five minutes and crying like a little bitch over it. But it's, I was that young, Indiana Jones. But it's like him and his brothers are moonshiners and, and uh, people are trying to come take it over from him. And it was actually a, a decent movie, but it was just like, yep, yep, there he is getting his ass kicked again. <laughs> 21 and over. Watch that as a comedy. Wasn't a bad comedy. We chuckled over it. But you know, if you like that kind of immature humor too, that, you know, American pie-ish type, those type of movies or, you know, this guy's 21st birthday, his friends take him out on the town and they don't remember the night or he doesn't remember the night, all that kind of stuff. And yet you don't like Impractical Jokers. Not the same. Not the same at all. <laughs> Not even close. Sorry, BQ. Love you, man. Oh, they're listening. Yeah, I know. I mean, cause you know. Cause I'm here. I hope they never listen cause we don't want to get shredded on their podcast. <laughs> they don't even treat their, uh, advertisers well. It'll get us some hits. <laughs> I'd take it for some hits. This is 40. Watch that yeah. one. That, I, I enjoyed that. I thought that was, we, we laughed throughout that whole thing. So I enjoyed that one. You didn't care for it as much? Or? I didn't want to see it. Right. That's the other one Sarah brought home on the night I could be home. So I wasn't broken up on that <laughs> one. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good comedy. A little long. It's over two hours. I think it's just shy of two and a half, but it was enjoyable. And finally, Gangster Squad. That was a pretty good one, too. That was, uh, oh, who the hell is the main guy? Who's the main mafia? Oh, Sean Penn. Yeah. They're, Sean Penn is trying to take over, trying to become like the LA mafia, fighting with the big cities that want to come in and kind of take them over. But at the same time, there's the whole cop squad. It's, uh, what's his name? Men in Black, blah, blah, blah. Bro, uh, I, I'm bad at Roland. Roland. Thank you. So he leads the squad of people that are like, leave your badge behind. We're, we're hitting them like gangsters kind of thing. That was pretty good. That's what I've got right now for watching. What you got? Significantly less. I can keep going. <laughs> TV side, standard stuff for this time of year. Longmire and Rosalian Isles. I really like Rosalian Isles. I kind of want to watch Long, Longmire. I kind of have forever, but we just, we've got so much crap. I, I've mentioned it to Megan a couple times. I know you've really liked it. And it's got Katie Sackoff in it too, mm-hmm. so you know. Yeah. But in jeans. Some someday. And newsroom's back on. Enjoying that. That's building up. We haven't even we haven't started watching that one yet. <laughs> I just went through the two issue two eps that I missed while I was on vacation. So I enjoy it. The season's pretty good. Is it? Cool. Yeah. We'll get to it eventually. <laughs> and uh before I went out of town on vacation, we saw Pacific Rim. Oh, that's right. I didn't mention that one. Yeah, yeah. which I really enjoyed. I thought Did it was a, a really great popcorn <sighs> flick. I just can't. I can't do it. My, my one pro- scene made the movie for me. What? What's a giant that? robot with an oil <laughs> tanker hitting a lizard? Yeah, that was that's it. No, I, I'm not gonna. Okay, here's I. 
Everybody's gushing over Pacific Rim. I don't think it's gushable. Analyzing. No, I'm, I, no, I'm not. Here's my problem with the movie. Ready? I don't care. Honestly, I don't care. No. (laughs) What's your problem? No, no, no. I'm going to go ahead and mute you. (laughs) I can yell so that your mic can pick me up. I will record this later. Dub it in. (laughs) Tell me. Uh, Tell me, Jeff. What did you dislike? My problem with the movie was how damn schizophrenic it was. It couldn't decide if it was action, comedy, or drama. So it tried to be all three at various points and it just kind of kept disconnecting to me. The whole, and I like, I, I like Charlie Day, but him and the guy he was playing against with the scientists, I thought they were just completely stupid. Oh, that. Yeah. I thought I was trying to remember where the comedy was because I didn't think any of that was at all funny. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it really wasn't. And I like, and again, I like Charlie Day, but that was just ridiculous. Idris Alba was too good for the movie. Well, that, yeah. That it came off cheesy because he tried to be the, I'm the dramatic, serious guy in this action-y popcorn movie with the two scientist sidekicks behind me. The dude from Torchwood and the dude from Sunny in oh, Philadelphia. Just, okay. Today, we cancel the apocalypse. Yes. So he came, I mean, he was too good for the role, so he came out oh, so over the top. And then the other thing that I wished for was more i really wanted to see like i didn't like that they started off with well we don't have that and it probably budget i get that part i guess but the whole well we don't have that many robots left and they're only going to come in through the rift one at a time i really wanted to see at the end of the movie just an all like balls out kaiju city yeah here the the rift bus open here's what's coming out and we've been working our ass off for here's all our jaegers and that's what I would have liked to have seen at the end of the movie. And it could have been just the end of the movie. I'd have been fine. All the stuff that happened in between and all the fights that happened in between, I'd have been fine with if we would have had that big climactic ending where it's just like, bam, the two forces just, just hit each other hard. That's what I thought was missing from the movie. Did I hate the movie? I didn't hate the movie at all. I had a good time with it, but it wasn't like, I, I can't, I can't geek gush over it like everybody seems to be doing because of those parts. And maybe I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know that I'm going to gush because there were some, the Australia scene where, Oh, finally going to get more of the Jaegers and pff, four are down in like 10 minutes. Yeah. And we saw nothing that was disappointing. And I really wanted to see more. The best part about this movie though, was they had a crossover site, a tie in site where you could make, you could put together a color scheme and name your own Jaeger. Okay. And they were doing some ridiculously naughty named Jaegers. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll try to have to find that site and send it to you, but uh, no, but on the whole, come on, Idris Elba and, uh, Hellboy. I mean. No, well, Ron Perlman was ridiculous for the part too. Well, the, yes. the way they used yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it was just like there's there are people in there that I love that that I think are awesome and could come together for a great movie if they're used properly. I mean, Ron Perlman was a good example too, and I didn't even mention him, but it was just he was partial comic relief too. And it's just like no, this I don't know. It's, Again, I, I actually did enjoy the movie. I had fun with it. We both, the Meg and I both did. It was like yeah, it was you know monsters fighting robots. You know that's cool. Not as much as I would have liked, but the outpouring I've seen afterwards 
about how this is, you know, it, people are almost acting like this is a life affirming movie. <laughs> See, a lot of the, <laughs> on the stuff that I've seen about it on the knock side is, uh, been really negative. Really? Cause I've because, seen nothing but the opposite. Well, a lot of the stuff I've seen has been from the anime side. It's like, Ah, so and so did this better, you know. Hmm. Dead or I mean, Soul Caliber did Ivy's sword better, you know, when he's got the whippy sword out. And I like the whippy sword. Yeah, and uh, you know, that's, the, that's our technical term for it, by the way. <laughs> the whippy sword. The whippy sword. Um, we, you know, we sound so manly. I'll show you, my uh, Jordan. How did you like the whippy sword? You know, and it was this extra whippy. This anime, you know, like Pat Labor did the police bots better, and this did that better, and this did that better, and there are two or three sites that were, I'm like, why did you even go to the movie? You know, see, yeah, I'm not overanalyzing it from that part, but I, I do think for me, maybe my movie geek side is overshadowing my cool monsters and robots fighting, you know, geek side. Some might say you're movie snobs. Uh, they they might, but <laughs> I if I was a total movie snob, I'd completely trash on the movie. And like I said, for a summery popcorny type movie, yeah, it's okay. I I gotta be honest though, I don't know if this is one I would go. Yeah, you gotta see this in a theater. I think it'd play just as fine on my equally TV good here. on a big TV. Yeah. yeah. And I think what would have taken it over that top for me is that ending scene I'm talking about. I mean, that would have been, oh, my God, this is awesome to see in a theater kind of thing. It's just this huge, mm-hmm. let's do this. We've been, you know, all the, uh, everything we can do, we've gotten, you know, we've got 30 mechs now kind of thing. But. Oh, great. You're going to get a call from Catalyst now. <laughs> so is that? Yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> All right, what are we reading slash listening to? Jordan. Yes, sir. Have you been reading or listening or doing any of that dirt stuff with the words? Yes. Let's hear it. <laughs> A list? Oh, I'm sorry. All right. I forgot you, for, you You didn't learn your letters while you were on vacation. <laughs> Somehow that sounds very natural from you. I am a southern boy. <laughs> it takes, get me down south, about an hour. That's all it takes. I get my twang back. All right, Stella. <laughs> How Jeff got his twang back. <laughs> yeah. Yes. On vacation, I did have ample opportunity to read, and I took that opportunity to read an ample amount of comics. Burned through 20 issues of Green Lantern. It is mediocre. Very disappointing. This is not news. You know, this is New 52, so... It's almost two years old now, so I'm glad I really didn't jump on that bandwagon. My fears about Simon Baz, though, were unfounded. They've given him a sufficiently interesting story to start, at least. Got a little crossover now going on in Green Lantern Corps, which I haven't got, so I have stopped reading Green Lantern. I ran through the end of Blue Beetle and the end of Firestorm. Blue Beetle, I thought, ended kind of weak. Firestorm ended kind of nostalgically. I assume the creatives knew these titles were ending. Uh, they chose to do nothing with Blue Beetle, at least nothing that I liked. But Firestorm, they, last couple issues, they brought in all the big villains from the 80s run. So you had like Black Bison and Killer Frost reappeared as I suspected she would. And, uh, you know, I think the only person they didn't have was Slipknot. So they had a bunch of his 80s villains back when 
His villains sucked. (laughs) You got the shaft on the villains. I mean, he made the Flash look good. Uh, I read the first two issues of the new Astro City. It's pretty pretty darn good stuff there. I mean, but I'll always always back music's Astro City, so check that out. And I read the first four issues of Powers Bureau. This is the follow-up to the uh, image slash icon slash Marvel Powers by um, Bendis and Oming. Uh, as you know, I generally rip on Bendis, but that's only when he's writing Marvel. When he's doing his own indie stuff, he actually s- puts together some pretty good stories. The original Powers series ended on a bit of a down note to me. This picks up shortly after that. Dina Pilgrim's working for the FBI now, as she was in, as the original series ended. And then she ends up picking up... Well, there's a brain fart. I forget his name. <laughs> but anyways, picks up her old partner from the force, and now they're doing Powers cases for the FBI instead of for the local PD. Like I said, I read the first four issues. Definitely enjoying it. Definitely going to pick up some more of that. On the actual book side, I have started reading actual kindling... Sanderson's Mistborn, the first book, The Final Empire. I was at first somewhat irritated, but then amused at myself, because this is the books that got him relatively famous enough to get to finish off Dead Jordan's books. Um, but he then also did his first big mega fantasy tril- uh, decadology. I think he's threatened to make it 10 books. And in this, his new series, Magic, or There is a Type of Magic, and it's all very much changing. Actually, it's it's interesting, It's but it's about changing perspective. And these people have the ability using gems or uh, balls. What do they call them? It's been too long. Anyways, they're able to change their perspective such that up becomes down and left becomes right for them. So they, you know, they're charging at somebody and then suddenly they're running on the ceiling, you know, that kind of thing. That was all very interesting. And then I got to the Mistborn where he's done the same thing again. And I'm like, well, this is totally <laughs> derivative of your own work. And then I'm like, well, wait a second. He wrote this first. So, okay, it's original here. And then he's just rethemed it for his other book. This is somewhat disappointing. But, I mean, it had a bit of a slow start, first 10% or so. But I'm up to around 50%, about halfway through, and it's really picked up. It's uh, It's got some good characters in there. Uh, their version of magic is pretty interesting. I haven't quite found out what the uh, Holocaust that caused the the world to be as it is now they talk about ash storms all the time, so I don't know if there was like a volcano or like a nuke. Who knows? But now everything is just covered in ash, and they have slaves that spend their entire existence cleaning up ash so the other slave farmers can farm. But it's the typical thing. We're going to overthrow the empire now. Da, 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 da. So I, I'm enjoying that. On the listening side, I tried listening to Steven Erickson's Gardens of the Moon, but it was a horrible reader been having a lot of problems with getting good readers recently but this dude just for a lot of characters and a lot of short chapters setting setting the scene for various characters i'm a horrible reader for that i don't know i don't know what he should read but it's not this i'm gonna pick up the actual book at some point then and give that a shot because it sounds really interesting it was a good reads review and it tweaked my interest so not a good reads review a good reads recommendation and i have finally admitted defeat and I've given up on David Weber's Honorverse. I was up to War of Honor in the books, and it had just become a big political thing. Honor Harrington is no longer commanding a ship or even a fleet of ships, and she just does political stuff. And it was all very boring and speechy. But I'm told by people that continued in the next, I think they're up to two books, like, there's a real big payoff. It's worth it. It's totally worth it. The story just gets better and better. Eh, it didn't. <laughs> so I tried the audiobook. So I figured, hey, you know, 
the least amount of energy I can put into something. Maybe it'll get better if I'm not really working. Doesn't. Story just as boring and the reader is horrible. This woman, she, again, don't know what she should be reading, but it shouldn't have been pseudo military fiction. So instead, I have moved on to Necessary Evil, the third book in the Milkweed Triptych. Uh, this is the alt World War II stuff by Trigellus. I was really looking forward to this because at the end of the second book, depending on how you feel about certain characters, it totally spins what the whole Second World War was about. I don't know if he deliberately tries to make an unsympathetic character sympathetic or if he tries, if that was his point or if I'm just that twisted, but it totally spins the motivations for all the characters involved. Uh, well, all the key characters, most of them are just soldiers sent to die, but a few of the key characters, it spins their motivations, uh, in different ways. So yeah, Intergel, Trigellus, Milkweed Triptych, I'm on to Necessary Evil, the third book. I highly recommend the whole series. Excellent stuff. Go. All right. Well, I'm still not reading, reading. (laughs) I don't know what it is. I can't, I can't get myself to pick up a book without pictures. Have you gotten onto the second arc of Saga yet? Don't steal my thunder. <laughs> Stolen! I honestly think it's because of all of, at least right now, all of the uh, extra recording I've been doing, so the extra editing to cover our time off and stuff, that I'm just like, I just don't want to put the time in. <laughs> so I've, I've got a bunch of things I want to read, but I haven't been. But on the other end of that, I've done some comic type stuff then instead to just kind of something that i can pick up read for a little bit and put down and and uh not get into so saga volume two i don't know if i caught it on sale or comiXology just finally wisened up <laughs> but uh it it did drop in price and uh, so i grabbed that and i read through that and uh, still enjoying that but now i'm caught up and i either i have to make a decision <laughs> Do I get individual comics now or do I wait for the next volume and then bitch when they decide to jack the price? <laughs> wait for the trade. You know, normally that is my, I always say wait for the trade, but it's BKV, you know, and I am a big proponent of his work. I think he's an excellent writer. If he chose to actually write books, I think he'd be an excellent author. I think he writes great comics. I've been enjoying it. It's it, you, it, it's very bizarre. I mean, it's not something like I would... It's good sci-fi. Yeah, and it's not something that I would necessarily normally find myself into. This reminds me, you know, if he got together with Rockne O'Bannon, you know, this is like Farscape. You know, this is what it reminds me of with the, the, the breadth of aliens mm-hmm. and the scenery and just the total lack of the standard giant human footprint everywhere, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've definitely enjoyed it. I'm glad I picked up both volumes, so it's been fun. I did read the first, just the first issue of Fanboys vs. Zombies. Mm -hmm. And? Is there going to be a second? Possibly, not anytime soon, I don't think, (laughs) just because there's some other things that I kind of moved on to. Actually, the biggest reason, uh, that might be the next thing I would have gone to, but since I got through what I'm going to talk about, I thought it might be a good time to get through some of the hack slash you mm. you borrowed me because that's sitting on my nightstand too. <laughs> so I thought I'd get through some of the hack slash uh, next. I haven't started that yet though. I read like they had a free one on uh, like a Christmas special on uh, on Comicsology. I read that last night, mm-hmm. so that was that kind of put me back in the mood for for hack slash because they also uh, have the uh, uh, the one with her and Ash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now. And anyway, so I read Fanboys versus Zombies and at some point I'll 
possibly get into that. I read, uh, have you ever read, uh, Twisted Dark by, I believe it's, uh, Neil, is it Neil Gibson? It's Neil Gibson, I think. It's all black and white and it's all, it's all these kind of darker stories. No, I think that's Neil Gaiman. No, it's Neil Gibson. Gibson? Mm-hmm. Then that's not it, It's I'm an thinking. independent comic. Sounds familiar, but I can't place it. It's kind of, I mean, they're all kind of like dark type stories and, you know, it's kind of like the, uh, I mean, just dark stories and corruption of mankind type stories and the dark side of mankind kind of stuff. And they're all individual stories. It's a black and white comic, but he's talking about like the, like the next volume or the next set or whatever that even though as you read them, they're all individual, there's supposedly some interweaving ties to all the stories. And those are going to start getting revealed as time goes on here. So it was kind of interesting. I mean, again, it was, it was a dark read. So if you don't mind that, but it was, it was good. I mean, he's, he's been getting a lot of recognition for his, for this, for this series. So, and again, it's a, I actually not too long ago listened to an interview with him. I think that's why I decided to go look for it. And it was, um, he's getting a lot of recognition for it. Uh, he's doing really well with it. And before this, like he had never, never written anything. He just got into it one day and, and put out this series. It's, it's doing really well. So How many issues? It was a volume. I, so I did, it's the Twisted Dark volume one. And Six-ish then, probably then. So it, it's worth a check out. I mean, it's kind of interesting. Comicsology had a sale recently. So I picked up and read through the Old Man Logan storyline. That is great. Yeah. So I read all of that. So it's the whole storyline plus the, Yes, the jumbo. Annual or jumbo yeah. or large one or whatever. We screwed up our timing, so here's an extra issue. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I read through all that because they, they had like a 99 cent sale and all that stuff. And that intrigued me. So I picked up all of those, read through it. Marvel's answer to wanted <laughs> to a point. Marvel's only way to <laughs> write good stories. Altverse future. Yeah. It was interesting though. Yeah. It was, it was a good little read. So that was, that was kind of fun. I, I went through that. I liked all the Hulklings. Yeah, all the, it was the so inbred Jed I know, It was so bizarre <laughs> that that was. It was so bizarre that that's where that line went. That family line went. It was just really weird, but it was cool at the same time. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. And the, yeah, all the villains dividing up the United States and the different provinces and so that was kind of cool. And seeing Wolver or Logan playing farm boy and pacifist, it's kind of interesting. Listening, I told you this was coming up. It actually has come out, uh, and I did listen to it. So it's a, it's a recommend I'll, I'll give. Jason over at Podcasting 101, who's the Angry Ginger and also does Seven Days a Geek and, and, uh, both are excellent shows, but he recently interviewed the creator of We're Alive. Mm. So that was a fun little listen to. Uh, so, you know, learning what he puts into that show and what he's done. And I didn't know, I mean, this is, so I found out from, Jason's podcast. I didn't know this because I haven't been out to the website in forever. Uh, it's just been part of my RSS feed and I've just been waiting for, or my, you know, my podcast feed and just waiting for it to start back up. One, this is supposed to be their last season, right? I mean, we already mm-hmm. kind of knew that, but they're on the Nerdist channel. They're part of the Nerdist. Stuff, oh, really? Not channel, but they're part of the Nerdist network now. So is it really going to be the last or is it going to be a spinoff series for a few other characters? Hard to say. But I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, obviously, you know, we've been talking about We're Alive ever since we all discovered it. And it was actually Jordal that kind of pointed it out to us. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. And we've just been, I mean, we power listened to the hell out of it to catch up. And then we were all of a sudden like, damn it. Why did I go so fast? 
Because now I have to wait. I'm up to date. I know. So just an excellent, excellent radio drama, or internet drama, I guess you can say, a podcast drama now. Well, the style of the yeah, old it, style radio drama. Yeah, style of the old radio dramas. And they obviously put a ton of work into it. Uh, so it was kind of cool to, to listen to that. And kudos for them to get in, on the Nerdist Network. I mean, that's that's awesome. They deserve it, definitely. Um, Who do you got to know to get onto a really good network? Network? Like I don't know. It's... I, I do think you need to know but somebody. But meet that though. person, would you? I do think you need to know somebody, though. <laughs> That's where I was going to end. So, yeah, Podcasting 101 interview with We're Live. I'll throw a link to that particular. And that starts uh, up episode. again on in August sometime, I think. Is it August already? Is it starting up again? Yeah, it is I coming so. up. Yeah. Yep. So definitely check that out. And I wanted to let you know, too, because I know I told you it was coming up, but it's out now. It's actually a few episodes back because is that on seven days a geek or which one is that it's on? podcasting 101 101 okay uh which comes out twice a week so it's a few few back now uh well, oh, i've been on vacation yeah well so i'll post a link and well by the way i mean uh i think jordan's still trying to work out his timing but at least i'll actually be on podcasting 101 next week well i'll be interviewed next week uh depends on when he puts it out and Jordan is trying to make sure everything's good with work, and he might join us as well. So we'll actually be on Podcasting 101, letting people know what we do to podcast. Bring so, down the quality. That's right. Yeah, this that show. They were there. They were so close. And then they lowered the bar. Retitling it to remedial podcasting. <laughs> How not to podcast 101. <laughs> all right, so that's all my reading. What are we playing? Last game day, we played the aforementioned Byzantio. <laughs> I'm glad you wrote down what we did at the game day because I can barely remember what we did at the game day. I went to write it down. I'm like, I think I'm missing something. I mean, I know the Shadowrun. I know that. But did we play other things? We got in half a game of Manhattan. That's right. right. That's what it was. So thanks for <laughs> crushing my list. Byzantio, Shadowrun, and half a game of Manhattan Project. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Jeff. And then... uh I'm sorry. Do you want a tissue? Mm, I'm crying. Are you okay, Jordan? You always make me cry. My turn. <laughs> My I didn't turn. love you. It wouldn't hurt so much. <laughs> All right, then. And then we had uh, game night in there afterwards, and honestly, I forget what we played. But then we also had JordalCon this past weekend, which you let work interfere with. <sighs> Whatever. I let, well, yes, because I let a... Wedding, because I had to go to a wedding. So Priorities, I to, man. I had to switch on calls. It wasn't your wedding. <laughs> and, um, and if I wouldn't have attended, I probably won't ever have a wedding. And many good games were played at JordalCon. I got home early enough Friday that I was able to attend all three days. Yeah, I saw you were there Friday night. I was kind of surprised. That was that. Okay. Yeah, I rolled up around seven. That's cool. Ate some food and left. <laughs> played a game or two as well. Most of my action, though, was Saturday. And Sunday, well, Friday night, we played a lot of Resistance. And then Saturday, we played Arthurian Resistance, also known as Avalon. Got in a game of Mage Knight, which I taught. Liar. <laughs> Such a liar. <laughs> There's no way you would ever convince me of that, and you know damn well. <laughs> Got in a game of Arkham Horror on Sunday. It was my first time playing that. I found it to be rather enjoyable. Really? Yeah. All right. Uh, I did Jordal... not know that about you. Oh, well, now you know. <laughs> Uh, Jordal was, uh, hungover for about the first hour of that game. <laughs> he spent time alternately going to the bathroom and falling asleep <laughs> and occasionally rolling a die, <laughs> possibly hoping he could die. <laughs> Jordalcon. 
Carl was there, as we mentioned, and I dominated him four games to nil in Star Wars LCG, leading to the fourth game with a first turn win. <laughs> it, uh, we played it out four or five turns just because, but essentially I beat him on the first turn by putting out a rancor. <laughs> which he had nothing to deal with. He just put out stuff that I ate, and he would put out something, and I would eat it, and he would put out something, and I would eat it. Because uh, what the Rancor does, it's got a lot of hit points, it's got a lot of blasters, and then in the refresh phase, it then eats the highest cost creature on the board, either side of the table. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't put anything out other than my Rancor. <laughs> and then he had like one Celestin in the starting hand, so he put that out just so he could cycle his cards, and I ate it. And then he put out something else that got some more resources, and then another Celestin, which I ate. See, it took him like four turns just to get to something I couldn't eat. <laughs> and by that point, I was, he was not Luke Skywalker. But yeah, that's a really fun game. I enjoyed playing it. The first three games were really close. We did, you know, two dark and two light each. And yeah, the, the first three games were really close, and I really like the mechanics of this game. So uh, you have to buy it, or at least use my decks more. <laughs> use your decks. I... No, buy it, man. No, no, no. I, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't, we, I played it and I don't mind playing it. It just doesn't mm-hmm. appeal to me enough to, to buy it. Yeah, that's understandable. But then he, uh, well, I won't say crushed me, but he did win a game of, uh, we played a game of the X-Wing minis. And, uh, as typical of any dice game that I play, first turn, I almost took out Boba Fett in one shot. Uh, and then my dice disappeared. It was just running around and bah, shooting spaceships with a water gun as he slowly whittled. We were doing a scenario where he had a bounty on one of my ships. So I had a point advantage. I could build 150 and he only uh, could build at 90. So I figured this will be easy. I'll just take a really durable Y-wing and run him away and mop up everybody else with the Falcon and my A-wings. And the Falcon, like I said, almost took out Slave 1 with Boba Fett in the first turn. And then after that, I was like, ah, and I didn't even clear one ship of his off the table. And then he he took out the bounty. So he had to take out the bounty to win, and I had to clear the whole his whole side. And I, like I said, I didn't need to take, take off one ship. It was very frustrating, but good frustrating. I really love that game, too. Oh, Saturday night, we played Blasphemy, which is just a bad, bad game. But... It is hilarious. If they had worthwhile mechanics for these, this game, it would be just, this is a game worth drinking to and playing. <laughs> this is a hilarious game. Uh, it's up to four players. Each one of you is playing the Christ <laughs> or a Christ and you're trying, it's, li- it's life. Jesus Christ edition, essentially. You're, it's a roll and move. You got to get reached certain milestones and then get to the cross. That's <laughs> why. <laughs> Cause it's blasphemy. Jordal wanted to play it, and uh, Jordal and Dave chose this while I went to the bathroom. So this indicates I can never go to the bathroom at his house again. <laughs> There's a lot of hilarious cards, but stupid, stupid mechanics. Well, so, ah, plenty of other stuff. I forget what. Oh, got in a game of La Dorada for the first time. Isla Dorado, depending on how you want to pronounce that, uh, which I thought was really good. Have you played that? No, I haven't. It's it's cool. It's a secret uh, secret agenda type game, and you you move as a party. You know, there's only one figure for the party, but it's then kind of a bidding game to influence where the party goes. So, like my secret agenda was, I had to visit 16 unique spots on the map, but then I lost points for every one we went to more than once. So I was always bidding to try to move us as far away around, and but also you also have a curse. 
or something like that, where you get minus, mine was minus five if you went to one particular city. So, you know, move everybody around, but also stay away from there. So there's bidding, you know, you don't bid because you like where you're going, you know, or you do bid to stay away. So that's a really enjoyable game. I definitely want to play that again. It was a good weekend. I lived virtually through the pictures. <laughs> oh, Zulkin. Last, last, oh, game. that's right. You last Thursday too. was Zulkin. How'd you like Zulkin? I really liked it. As I said at the game day, it's everything that I don't like about Agricola, <laughs> but made better. You start the game and you got to know where your end game is going to be. You know, that's mm-hmm. the best way to go in, but it's cause so it, it, it's that same aspect as Agricola. You just got to pick what you're going to do right at the beginning and do it, you know, and there can be no waffling. No matter what you get, you know, there can be no waffling. But, uh, the spinny dial part of it, you know, that's, it's cool mechanic and the way, you know, your resources move around as the mm-hmm. dial turns. I really like that. And the options of, you know, there's no absolute penalty like an Agricola for not being able to feed your people. You just move down on a scoring track if needed. No, I, I, I really like the game and I definitely want to play it some more. Cool. I'll have to break it out. Yeah. I, I liked it too. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the, the play I got. At kind of the north, and uh, it's downstairs. Right. We'll pull it out sometime. Right. Not only pull it out, <laughs> but get a review. <laughs> yeah. Although I think it just did. <laughs> There's a spinny <laughs> dial, and it's fun. Whereas Woo! it has no dial, and I don't like. <laughs> All right, let's see. Um, not much in the way of board gaming, really, other than what you talked about the game day. Played those games there. The Shadowrun 5th edition, I did the one shot for. So we played that. And let's see, I've, uh, besides that, a little bit of Defense Grid. So I've been playing a little bit of that on the Xbox. Oh, yeah. Since the haters finally got their way, <laughs> AC2 was actually this half of the month's free yep. game. So I downloaded that too. Oh, dude, yeah. I already have it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Megan's played through all of them. <laughs> We're waiting for Black Flag. <laughs> State of Decay. Still playing that. Still enjoying that. That's my go-to. I think the other night I got done editing at 1, 2 in the morning. I was like, I'll play a little State of Decay. <laughs> just one more level. It's going to be my reward. Oh, that's just, <laughs> it's not even a leveling thing. That's the, No, but right. it, the... But it, that's the weird thing about that game. It's hard to know a good place to stop. And you do have... The thing that sucks about it is you do have to watch for... It's autosave. Hmm. So I was like, did I lose half of what I just did? Or did I get the save? Did you ever get your sidekick back with the backpack full of stuff that you, she, you what Uh-oh. you were saying? Yeah. Oh yeah, I I actually I restarted the game. <laughs> That's a good way to get everything back. Well, it was I wasn't horribly far, and I'm a, like a lot farther now. But I did figure out all that stuff, and Megan's actually playing now, so I'm letting her know some of the things I didn't know ahead of. Because the the problem was they tell you to go talk to her to make the switch. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then everybody I talked to after that would not switch with me. But there's actually, and it might have been glitch because there are glitches in the game still. One of them that bothers the piss out of me. But I would talk to people and nobody would offer the switch because they, you have, they have to trust you enough to become friends with you to make the switch. But I was always trying to talk to people. I finally figured out that as long as you're in your home area, you can cycle through them and, and the ones that'll let you do a switch the button will come up. It'll give you an option to switch to them. And as long as they're not on an away mission, they'll make the switch and it'll just be automatic. So I don't run up and try to talk to anybody. And what I do now is 
We don't want to be social. <laughs> Screw you guys. What I do now is before I make the switch, I go to my supply cabinet, unload everything, including my large backpack, then switch, and then have the other person go over there and throw on the large backpack. And so, although I've got like three of them now, but I, I've got more people I can switch through because you're, the people you're going with, they go between tired and hurt and all that stuff and they need, you know, time to rest and whatnot. So you never know who's, and then if, if I give away all three of my large backpacks, and I need to make a switch, and the other two are off on missions. I can't switch to them until they get back. That kind of stuff. So I, I'm actually, I'm really, I am really enjoying the game. It is uh, very, it's open world. It's very, you know, sandboxy kind of style. There is kind of a progression that you can do, like a main type storyline almost. And uh, Megan, like I said, Megan started to play it now. She's having a lot of fun with it. Figured out how to do supply runs. She's still, I think, I just finally. I kept telling her, but she didn't understand what I was saying until she watched me do one the other night. So now she understands how to do the supply run thing. So that's been a lot of fun. We've both been playing that a lot. I decided to check out Spartacus Legends on Xbox since it was free. Eh, it's fine. It's, uh, it's one of those games where it's like free to play, but you know, uh, play might, yeah, it's if you really want to be Uber, but you, you basically buy, you're running an arena house. So you buy people to fight in the arena, you buy gladiators and stuff like that, and you train them up, and then you go to different cities or different areas and have them fight. And and they're all uh, some of them are timed, so like you fight there, you got to wait a certain amount of time before you fight there again, that kind of stuff. So it's yeah, and it's very like you don't have enough coins for this. You could buy coins, or you can wait for the timer to go and keep trying to go back there, kind of thing. Would you like to pay thirty dollars for the free game yeah. to feel competitive? You know, just for, it was cool to check out and stuff, but I don't know if I really play a whole lot of it. And then finally, Shadowrun Returns did come out on the 25th. I played a little bit of that. I haven't played a huge amount of that. Fun game. Not very open-worldy, though. It's not sandboxy. I guess I was kind of expecting a little more of that. But they do have the editor, so, I mean, you can make your own... You know, missions and stuff. You know, like somewhere that. in my head, I had I had thought that it was going to be a tablet and PC release, but apparently it's just PC. It's PC right now. Tablets, I think, is coming later. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it very much has a tablet feel. It, it almost it really it's kind of weird because it feels like a tablet port to the PC at times. So for it to come out there first and then eventually go to the tablet uh, is interesting. It is a lot of fun though. I mean, I'm. I'm playing a little dwarf rigger and, and, uh, having fun with that. Cause that's what I, that's one of my first shadow run characters I ever had. So he's got zero charisma. And so he doesn't have all of the flowery speech or whatever <laughs> open to him when he's dealing with people. It's kind of fun. And I've done a, I've done a lot of stuff in there. I've done a run through the matrix. Um, my guy's not a decker. So and it was kind of cool how they did that. They're, they ask you like, where do you fall in this? And it's like, I have a rig, I have a, I have a deck, but I don't really know how to use it, blah, blah, blah. I've got nothing. So the guy, the guy basically lets you piggyback. Okay. You can piggyback on my signal and we'll run through so you control him while he's in the, the matrix. So you still get to do that part instead of running out and trying to find a, a deck or whatever. And okay. you can hire, uh, mercenaries and stuff like that. So overall, I, I'm pretty happy with the game. Not quite what I thought it was going to be, but satisfied. I, I, I get the, uh, I get the Shadow Run experience. I'm having fun with that. Well, that brings us to the end of another one. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to take a break. <laughs> and we're back. And we're gone. We will be at Gen Con, but 
Again, you will get content. We have three reviews. Three. Three. Ah, ah, ah. Go ahead. No. All right. <laughs> I'm Jeff King. And I am still the Canadian. Thanks for listening. I've got a hundred thousand comics carefully collected, and all the action figures for them carefully selected. The posters and promotions for each superhero movie. My ringtones rank further and Ash saying, I've got each permutation of the Xbox and PlayStation. My anime collection is the finest in the nation.